screaming peace at the same time. All the corruption and justice, the same crimes. Always a problem if we do or don't fight and we die, we don't have the same right. What is a gun to a man that surrenders? What's it gonna take for someone to defend her? If we all agree that we're equal as people, then why can't we see what is evil? I can't breathe. You're taking my life from me. I can't breathe. Will anyone fight for me? How do we cope when we don't love each other? Where is the hope and the empathy? How do we judge off the color the structure was made to make us the enemy? Praying for change because the pain makes you tender. All of the names you refuse to remember. Somebody's brother, friend, or son to a mother that's crying, saying, I can't breathe. You're taking my life from me. I can't breathe. Will anyone fight for me? Welcome back to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work. A guide live B2B jam session. Welcome, 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 welcome. So with that said, hope you're having a great Thursday afternoon. Hasn't the week just blown by like super fast? For me, it's been a crazy week. Been super busy doing a whole bunch of other things. And we've had some pretty rock star guests this week. But you should be really excited about the guest that we have coming up just surely. He's a friend of mine, as well as a fellow Future of Work advocate. And someone that just launched an amazing book that if you're in college right now, or if you have a child in college, you definitely want to go out and get this book. My friend Alex Velitis is the author of Modern College, which is a book that really dives deep on where the future of school and education is going, how it overlaps with the future of work. And he also documents some of the trends that he was seeing even pre-COVID-19 in terms of the education landscape and how college students really need to rethink what their careers look like post-work or post-college even. So in, in that sense, we're really going to dive deep with him on that. But he's also a rock star product lead at LinkedIn. He talks a lot about employee experience as well as product management on LinkedIn. And you might even follow him if you're tuning in right now on LinkedIn. And if you already know about Alex, show us some love in the chat. Let us know what you think about Alex, or if you engage with him, or if you know him, show us some love, ask us some questions, as we tune in, and we chat with them about modern college. Where is it going, and what should students be prepared for? With that said, let me bring on Alex to the show. Alex, what's good, homie? What's up, Tim? Hey, everyone. Uh, excited to be on. How you doing, man? I can't complain, man, uh, but it's also been a crazy time. It was funny, you know, catching yeah. up with you right before 
before uh, we started the live stream, um, you know, I think we first met, you know, I think, I don't even know what month it would have been, like maybe January. And at the time we were like, you know, what would the future look like? And you were talking yeah. about, you know, online learning and remote. And I was talking about education. We we're like, yeah, it'll probably be like a gradual process. And in the past six months since that, like breakfast at LinkedIn, I feel like the world just accelerated 10 years. Uh, and suddenly we're we're talking to each other in a fundamentally different world. It's, it's a completely different world. I mean, now everything's online in terms of engagement and social interactions. And, you know, still here in Oakland and San Francisco, people are not going out. There's not a lot of events happening. It's still kind of pretty um, chill. And, you know, there's been a great migration of, of people to out, um, out, out of SF. You know, I want to have you share a little bit with us about because you was you kind of you were talking about this future as well as how education has changed even pre COVID nineteen. But wanted to have you share a little bit about your background, man, and what inspired you to write Modern College, brother? Definitely, yeah. It's a it's a really good point you just made, which is that I think I started writing this book around two years ago, and at the time I remember thinking, "Wow, these are going to seem like novel insights. I'm going to look like a fortune teller." And then COVID happened, and it almost felt like. I turned from like this, you know, someone seeing the future to like almost a reporter in that everything I had predicted was going to happen was already happening suddenly upon us. And so I think that was like kind of one of the big like mindset adjustments is that initially I was like, did this book just become not relevant because COVID changed things so quick? And then I realized it made it more relevant than, than ever. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also interesting too, because you know, obviously I reached out to you and you were able to add a section uh, in the book or we were able to get a section with your thoughts around, you know, the future of work. How do we, you know, survive and uh, thrive, right? In an environment that is more remote in which people, you know, focus on their own skill sets and building their own brand and how companies can do that. And I think it's just been awesome to see it evolve into that. And a lot of the advice, you know, we've been preaching is actually starting to come to light and we can bring that to people at a time when it's extremely important. Yeah, it's so true. It, it, your book is now more relevant than ever. I want to ask you, you know, what have been now that we're all kind of going through COVID-19, we've seen that a complete, a, a complete kind of shift in terms of how we're thinking about online education, as well as just physical communal education. What are some of the big trends that you've been kind of keeping track of in, um, in, in terms of the collegiate level and higher education system? Definitely. So I've like kind of like bifurcated my research into two areas. One is around like the macro climate of like higher education. And then the other one is like on the micro of like how do students actually engage with college if they're in there. So on the macro front, you know, I think what we're seeing here is that um, higher ed was due for some disruption. I think the cost had absolutely skyrocketed. I think there were starting to be some rumblings of like, what is the purpose of college? Am I here for the brand? Am I here for the actual knowledge? Am I here for just the experience? And I think what happened was when everyone was forced to kind of leave campus and you take away, you know, the, the labs, the tailgates, the sporting events, uh, you know, just being able to like hang out with people, it mm -hmm. kind of laid bare that um, for a lot of people, the experience was this big part. And if you get rid of it, suddenly college doesn't seem like maybe the best path for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think the other trend on like the macro front is just, you know, how like many things I think happening post COVID is that it's not impacting people equally. Right. It seems like there's almost like these two groups, one that's almost gaining 
right, from COVID and getting stronger. And then there's others that are really struggling. So on the college front, if you look at it from an institution level, I think the top brands, the Harvards, the Yales, the Princetons of the world, like they have a long backlog. They can afford to go online. They can tap into that endowment and they're going to be fine. But if you think of like a smaller private middle tier school, they suddenly have lost, you know, maybe 60 to 70% of that international enrollment or they have people dropping out, they're in a position where they might go under completely. So I think that's what we're starting to see on the macro level is number one, people questioning the purpose of college and then also Mm -hmm. the universities themselves being disproportionately impacted. On the micro or the individual level as a student, I think what we're seeing is that there's been this hyper acceleration to remote learning Mm -hmm. and ensure that you're tapping into the right tools, whether that's for engaging in an education setting or, you know, on LinkedIn platform in general. So those are the two areas I'm looking at. You know, it's so important. So are you thinking that the students of the the future, you know, right now, are you are you seeing kind of the pop the popular thing is that students take a year off, take a gap year and they start kind of engaging more so in apprenticeship programs or even more so kind of thinking about what are ways we can professionally develop using online resources versus having to go in school. Cause even I can say my sister, she's currently, you know, she went back to school. I was just texting her literally a few hours ago. And she was like, I, I hate it. <laughs> like it sucks having to do just online yeah. schooling and I'm near campus. It's not yeah. the same experience. So what do you think is going to happening uh, is going to happen from, from there, Alex? Yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, a really good question and I, I wish I knew all the answers, but yeah. I think you touched upon a really interesting point there, which is like this concept of gap year. And I actually yeah. wrote an article on this um, recently on my blog because I think it a lot of it does depend on where you are in school. And this is why it's so hard to give like these like one size fits all like answers to these types of questions. So I think, you know, if obviously if you're more involved, like if you're a junior, senior, like my brother's on his last semester of college like taking a full year could actually be pretty disruptive. Like, as you know, from college, a lot of that coursework can actually build on top of each other. So you imagine if you're like a sophomore or junior and you took some foundational courses and you don't think about that subject for a year and then suddenly you go into an advanced elective and you've forgotten all that, I think it can be more disruptive. On the other hand, I think if you're someone who say a freshman and you're coming into college, right? I don't know about you, but for me, it's such a huge part of that freshman year was what I learned like in the classroom, but the people I met in that foundation and network I formed. And there is just no getting around the fact that if you're not in classes or not on campus in general, it is really hard to build that network. And I think that's where doing a gap year can be compelling. But a caveat that, and I put this in the blog is normally, right, when you take a gap year, you go to do some other activity, right? You might travel the world, you might, you know, do, you know, AmeriCorps or Peace Corps or something like that. The problem is because this is a global pandemic, those are affected too, right? So what I tell people is like, look, it's definitely worth exploring. And if you can find another great, you know, project or something to work on, it's worth it. But if you can't, you know, just be aware that like, you don't want to be caught in position where like, you're maybe stuck at home, like in your bedroom and don't have an activity to work on. Cause I think right now mental health and having basically things that are like giving you a sense of community and giving you a sense of perf- uh, purpose are extremely important. So online college, while not ideal, if it can fill that gap for you and you don't have another alternative is something probably to consider and you might want to still do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. Do you, it's, it's, what are some of the tools that you think that, 
um, students in college right now, or even parents need to be honing and kind of like encouraging their students to get on, right? To start really kind of like going ahead of the pace and kind of thinking about their their college career differently. Because I think now, even in your book, you're, you really encourage people to think about, think ahead, don't just think for the now. So like think about what skills are you gaining, but also how are you setting yourself up for your career? And one of the things that we fundamentally believe in um, is that, uh, you know, careers are changing, right? Mm -hmm. And there are different, there are new roles popping up in the working world. So what are some of the tools that you recommend students or parents use to kind of make sure they're ahead of the pace? Yeah, so I, I'm at the risk of coming across as like extremely biased here. I'm hyper relevant. So one would be, you know, I think augmented learning solutions like yeah. the guide. And I know you guys have focused a lot on enterprise, but that same space of how, how can I augment my college learning experience to maybe yeah. pick up new skills and areas of education um, that'll like complement that well. Because I think a lot of times, you know, universities can do an excellent job of like intellectual enrichment but not all that information always translates perfectly to a role you want. So if you can find a way to like plug that gap, there's so much uh, you know, knowledge and like um, basically learning tools available online that it's definitely something to tap into. And the other one is LinkedIn. Um, you know, obviously I know I work here, so I spend a lot of time on the platform, but what I think is so important about a platform like LinkedIn is that we are trying to think about it end to end. And this was a big part about of my book that I focused on is like, you should have a underlying reason and a purpose for attending college, right? And for most people, it's to land a job that allows you to live the life you want. And so mm -hmm. the more time you can spend on a online virtual platform, where you're actually interacting with other professionals, thinking more about putting a purpose behind what it is you're learning in college, I think the more focused you're going to be in what you learn, uh, the more likely you're going to be set up for success after you actually leave. And then I think the third is the stronger network you're gonna have. So online learning tools, and I think LinkedIn from a professional network are just two people, are two platforms that I just, I will always preach to people no matter what, because you really can't go wrong. It's one of the best investments you can make right now. Yeah, 120%. And even for me, you know, remember when um, I was going through grad, grad school, was using LinkedIn so much to share content on my passion for artificial tech, artificial intelligence and tech, and actually led me to a job opportunity with Microsoft. So one, if you're listening to this, can attest to that 100%, you have to use LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a powerful tool. And, and I wanna also ask you, Alice, what were some other things that you even did for yourself during college that allowed you to kind of like stand out and you know, kind of like have that modern college experience? Definitely, so one thing I always like, you know, sort of, emphasize with people is that like your learning should begin at the edge of the classroom. It shouldn't end there. Right. And I think that is one thing that I happen to do a lot of in college and it served me really well. Like yeah. uh, to be completely transparent, I was not the best student. Like I <laughs> grades, like I was just like, I procrastinated sometimes on like learning, learning and studying and all that. But what I did recognize was I was really good at knowing when there was a good opportunity and it was time to like leave the library to, go to a networking event, or I worked on a bunch of startups in college, whether it was like, we did like an electronic waste recycling startup, we did um, a startup around like tracking gym exercise. Those projects essentially gave me real world experience for what I do now, which is product management. I worked with a bunch of different functions. We had a project with a clear set of goals and we tried to bring it to users. So 
that line of like actually extending the learning beyond the classroom is so important. And I think that's where I was a little shocked post-college is I had some brilliant friends. Like we're talking people that had 4.0s. Um, they were always on top of their grades and stuff. And they, they were frankly a little bit lost upon graduation. And one of the things that, you know, I push people to do is just make sure that you're thinking holistically about what you learn and what you do. Because again, like college is a microcosm, but you want it to actually like lead to a very good uh, life post-college, right? Like it, things don't end when you walk across the stage for graduation, they, they begin. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, seriously. The real life begins. Real work begins. Yeah. And you know, in, in the real world, you have to be really proactive about where you want to take your career. And you have to fundamentally have some sort of skill or strength and kind of meet a gap no matter where you work. And that's just the real world. And, and that's just business in general. You know, we'd love for you to share a little bit about, you know, some of the the, the the tips and tricks you shared within Modern College that, you know, you've been getting a lot of responses around in terms of the people who bought the book that, you know, you, you didn't expect people to say, oh, you, they, they really love that that framework. You know, share some of the frameworks that you have to kind of like, because you, you added a lot, man, in the book. And you, I remember when you, you, you gave me uh, uh, a few of it to proofread and just like the process. Yeah and how you were thinking about it. But what do you think is that fundamental framework that every student, especially if they're starting freshman year right now, mm -hmm. they, they need to hone in on and make sure that, you know, it allows them to be successful in their careers. What is that framework? Definitely, yeah. So it's it, it's interesting because I, I I broke the book into three parts. It was it, it's choose your path, get a degree, land your dream job. And that in itself is the is the underlying framework of the book is that I, I worry too many people make these decisions in like a vacuum, right? Like they make one decision, like, should I go to college or not? Based on like just variables that don't at all relate to what they want to do after. And then when they're in school, they make the decision on what they want to study unrelated to why they ended up there, what they want to do after. And then they get to the end and they're like, oh, wow, like those first two decision points I made like actually fundamentally affected where I was going to be going. So that's like the underlying framework I teach people is think about it end to end, right? And mm. make sure that each of these things lead you closer there. So in the, you know, choose your path section, I have basically like a college decision tree, right? And this was like really driven by the fact that, you know, one of my best friends growing up, we, we just had such different like life paths. Like, um, you know, he was a dreamer. He came here. Um, growing up, like at age 18, he was like financially independent. And I remember at like the end of like our senior year of high school, they did this like uh, this map and it like showed every university on the map where everyone was going. And he was one of like three people, like we were at a college prep school. So he was one of three people that like didn't have a college listed there. And he essentially found his own path. He went into the trades and he also had a really successful photography uh, as well as like arts business on the side. And what it showed me is that there is more more than one path to success, right? So you first need to define that college is in fact the right path for you. Maybe it's an mm -hmm. online coding bootcamp, maybe it's a community college, maybe it is going into the trades, maybe it is doing something on your own. But like as part of doing that college decision tree, you start thinking about the future a little bit and you say, okay, if I want a career that, that demands a four-year degree or post-grad school, I at least now am in college with a purpose, right? And then once you're in school, you can then start to make the decisions around that of like, it's sort of like Pareto's rule of like, what are the, you know, 20% of like decisions and points I need to focus on that'll give me 80% of the impact after school. And if you do all that right, then by the time it's like, I'm graduating, you need to find a job, 
it's going to be a lot more aligned to paths that you want and not just whatever comes to you. So that's my long winded, like sort of thesis and summary of the book is that if you can take this approach and look at it end to end and make sure that every step along the way, you have at least some end point in mind, it'll greatly increase your chances of success. Yeah. Like you actually have a roadmap <laughs> similar to what we have in product management. Yes, exactly. You, you, it's funny. It's surprising how so many students fail to kind of create that roadmap. And, you know, one of the things that saddens me is that we fail to kind of encourage them and enable them to create that roadmap now. And, you know, one of the things that is super important, in my opinion, to having a successful career is this, is this idea of sponsorship as well as versus mentorship. So you can have a lot of mentors, but you also need to find people who can maybe sponsor you for opportunities. You know, how do you encourage someone that's in college right now and wants to, you know, be a rocking professional, let's say post-grad, how do you recommend they find sponsors um, in the working world? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I, I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, basically one-on-one -on -one and group Zoom calls with people. And uh, early on, I actually tried to put a focus on people who basically were first-generation college, meaning like their parents or grandparents hadn't attended. And one of the things I realized like really quickly was the importance of the network. And Jeff Weiner, you know, the, the former CEO of LinkedIn, feels weird to say that, but um, <laughs> Ryan, our current CEO, both really pitched this idea uh, of extending the network. And we have this idea of like the plus one pledge where, you know, you go out of your way to try to connect with someone that wouldn't be in your direct network. Because a lot of times, right, what happens is people will be on the outside and they don't know these opportunities are available and they're scared to reach out. And one of the cool things, again, like I, I'm really, may sound like I'm drinking the LinkedIn Kool-Aid, but like one thing I love about LinkedIn is that it's actually relatively frictionless uh, to connect with people, right? Like it's one thing to like say, hey, I'm gonna go meet with someone in person and I have to get my way there. And like, they might be in a, you know, a different city or, you know, I don't drink coffee. What am I gonna do to talk to this professional? I think COVID in that sense has helped a lot of people where it is very, normal and socially acceptable and i think now to reach out to someone who might be in a space or at a company you're interested in and say hey are you interested uh and in maybe having a quick 20 to 30 minute zoom call i'd love to learn more about uh what you've learned so i've been focusing a lot on trying to onboard uh, a lot of students and recent grads to linkedin and get the basic foundation set up such that they can reach out to someone on the platform already and can start to connect them. All you really need is one or two of the right connections and it quickly, that's like literally the definition of a network effect. It'll just very quickly uh, start to grow the opportunities you have. But if you never have access to the network in the first place, right, that's why that's where you start to see such discrepancies, right? In which people are like, oh, like LinkedIn's like, I remember when I did these calls, I was like, this, this stuff like feels like pretty easy, but then you remember the first time you do it, it actually feels super foreign. And it actually is scary. So um, the more we can get people to tap in and become part of that economic graph and the opportunity, we have the better chance people have to actually do their best work and do, uh, end in a place they want to be. No, that's so powerful, man. That's so that's powerful. And it's fascinating because, you know, um, my, my opinion as well, similar to yours, is that big believer in the fact that we need to empower people by giving them opportunity to build their network, build the right relationships that will lead their careers forward. And often people try to lead a career by themselves. But, you know, if you're more involved in communities like on LinkedIn or learning communities like on Guy or even just social communities on Facebook and Twitter, 
that are in your profession, you're more likely to succeed in your role, in your career. And it's so powerful, the, the power of a network, uh, because there's community in it. You know, for you, you know, how has a community really kind of helped your career take off, man? Yeah, it's, I mean, community is everything. It, it sounds cheesy, it sounds generic, but like that's honestly the truth. I think every, you know, internship or professional opportunity I've ever had has been through someone I know. Right. It's wow. very rare that it's like a cold, like I went on to some, you know, online portal and just like applied cold and like got in. It's almost always through someone, you know, from meetings or like online meetups or, you know, people from previous companies. So I think community is a huge part of that. I'll also give like a quick pitch for kind of some of the stuff we're trying to do with LinkedIn is that I think today a lot of people look at LinkedIn as like this next play application. It's like, it's where you go when you want to find a job. And I think some people say, if I'm not job searching, like why would I go on that platform? And so what our team's trying to do around this employee experience is basically saying, can we give tools to, you know, the actual admins of companies who run the company page and to the employees to let them basically interact with each other, right? Because you never know when you're going to need that opportunity, right? To, um, go to a different company or when someone's going to have another connection who's interested and you can help connect them or help them directly. So that to me is like the purpose and the power of community is that essentially it raises all ships. Mm, mm, so powerful. Want to show love to Edith. As a first generation college student, I can relate so much. Sponsorship is something I never really thought of, but I hope I get to be someone's supporter in the future, man. Edith, shout out to you. Much love to you even thinking ahead like that. What do you think about this, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's crucial. It's, you know, everything we were just talking about, of like a lot of times it's, it's you just need an in, right? And it's it's funny how like life works that way is that there's, there's so much stuff sometimes hiding in plain sight. And it, what it takes is someone to, who's in a position um, to have access to networks or information to bring you along. And so, you know, I obviously give you kudos for thinking ahead of how can you help someone else do that? Because you know more than anyone else, right? As a first generation college student, what it's like to feel afraid and to not have that access and the difference and the stark contrast once you are a part of that. So, you know, kudos for you for acting on that. And the way I think about it is like, if, if everyone just helped one or two people that were within these like networks and people within legitimate companies or um, had their own businesses and stuff. It's crazy how quickly that explodes. Um, and it's just weird though, because it's it's foreign to us. And I, I think the one thing about this that often gets lost too is like, it sometimes feels weird being a mentor as well. Like I remember the first calls I had and like even when I was writing this book, I was like, why the heck would anyone want like advice from me? I'm like, you know, only a few years out of school. I feel like I don't have my life figured out. Who am I to tell people? Um, how to live there. So I think there's also a little bit of like a hurdle you have to overcome. But mm -hmm. you if you do it with the recognition that like, what is obvious to you now wasn't always obvious to you. Um, I think it can help you a lot to have that confidence to try to help people. Mm, so powerful, man. Hey, shout out to you, Edith. Shout out to you, Edith. Man, with that said, Alex, man, what's your one powerful takeaway for our amazing God community on how they, because some of them are in college, some of them are entrepreneurs, some of them are parents working with young entrepreneurs who are in college. You know, yeah. what, what is your one profit takeaway on how everyone can kind of design their own modern college experience? Yeah, definitely. So 
it's hard to like boil this down. Like I wish I, I always want to have some like very like punctual, like amazing yeah. one liner. Right. And I think for me is again, it, it comes down to like where you want to go and think bigger mm -hmm. picture. Right. I think how you like end, right. is tends to be how you think of college. So a lot of my friends who, again, like they didn't think I had much, right. And through no fault of their own, it, it's not really encouraged uh actively within college and just education in general like w if you get to college and you're at a point where like you feel like you're not set up to live the life you want like you're more likely to have like a more negative viewpoint on that experience right and for me like i think there's a lot of parts of college that like i tend to like just bury which were like oh there are actually like some like really like tough times in college and like you go through some really hard growing experiences and like feelings of like hopelessness sometimes of like, I don't know how I'm gonna pass these classes and like figure my life out. But that all goes away if you're able to essentially go and start doing things you're passionate about. So the advice I have to people is like, don't be afraid to start thinking ahead on where you wanna land, right? And then engineering your way to get there, right? And you have that control to do it, but a university is never gonna do that for you, right? Like professors, they'll help give you information. Counselors will try to help you like schedule the right classes, but it's on you to basically put that all together to live the life you want after. So I encourage people to think a little bit ahead on that as well. And then I think the second thing, and again, it, it, it may sound obvious, but technology, like we, there's two worlds. There's the physical world, there's the digital world. Post COVID, the digital world was big. I think, or pre COVID, the digital world was big. I think post COVID, it just got a hundred times bigger. You have yeah. to have digital presence. You have to be tapped in online. If you're not, you're fundamentally limiting your opportunities. Yeah, 100%. So if you're listening to this, sis, my sister's probably listening to it, please upgrade your online opportunities. <laughs> Expand them. Please, please, please. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a college student and you're an entrepreneurial college student listening to this, get online. Start building your personal brand. Start really being proactive in who you need to connect with and build relationships relationships with and think about the community component as well alex man dude appreciate you so much for hopping on the show man you know so what's next when's, the, when's modern college 2 coming out bro yeah that's a, that's a good question uh, i'm still like trying to like you know sort of accept and you know uh, enjoy the the first book going out I, I feel like if anything these past two months i tried to like uh, you know, settled down and enjoyed a lot. But, you know, it's it's been a great experience. Um, you know, writing is something that it's not only helped me learn, but it's connected me to people. Um, I meet people like you. You connect me to someone like Daniel Botero. Shout out, Daniel. Um, you know, just a bunch of people. And so I'm trying to just enjoy the process now in terms of kind of the next steps. I'm trying to bring this knowledge to people through different mediums. So I'm, I'm looking more at video. I'm looking at online courses, but in the meantime, I'm just trying to get this information out there. Um, Modern College, it's on Amazon. Uh, Tim is Amazon, yo. He's in the book, so like that's when you know you're uh, you're going places. By the way, Tim is when you just start popping up in people's books. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just very bullish on you. I was like, because I was going through and I was like, you know, this Tim guy, like I think he's onto a lot of stuff. Uh, Listening to a lot of content, I think his company's legit. So I'm like, I'm gonna put him in here when he explodes. Like I'm gonna be like, yeah. Like, Thanks so much, bro. bro appreciate yeah. you so much, man. Nah, I really appreciate the nod, man, and you know, being a part of your movement with Martin College because it's it's so it's so timely too, and more importantly, you know, no wonder it's it's taken mm -hmm. off uh, 
uh, with, with students. And more importantly, I think parents need to give this yeah. to their kids. So shout out to you, Alex, for, for really doing the thing, man. Please, man, we need to have you on for a future episode whenever you have the next book out, man, so we can chop it up, brother. What do you think? Love it. And now I have an incentive to write another one. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, man. Appreciate you, brother. Talk soon, man. All right. Take care. Bye, everyone. And that was Alex Philitis. Please make sure you go check out his book, Modern College. And shout out to my homeboy, Raj Chakal, who's saying what's good from hot, hot ATL, hot Atlanta. Hope you're staying well and taking care of yourself, Raj, and you know, staying safe during these very dire and crazy times. Please, once again, guide community, please take care of yourself. Rest in peace to the late, great, 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 great Chad Bozeman. Man, I miss that guy. What an inspiration to our lives and our world and fundamentally humanity. If you're not watching Black Panther this week, I don't know why. You need to watch Black Panther this week or this weekend and all of the other amazing movies Chadwick Boseman has been in. In addition to that, please make sure you cop Modern College by my boy Alex. It'll change your life if you're in college right now or you have a niece, nephew, son, daughter in college. Check it out. It's going to be super relevant to them on how they can design their own modern college experience. With that said, much love to you all, God community. If you're tuning in from Oakland, hit me up. Let me know what you're doing this weekend in Oakland. I'll join you. I'll hang out with you. We'll support your movement. And more importantly, we will have fun. If you're not in Oakland, you're still going to have fun this weekend. Take care of yourself and make sure you stay safe. With that said, much love to everyone who's tuning in and listening in right now. Please be careful, stay safe, and give love to others in all that you do. As always, y'all, peace, love, and abundance. I'm going to cap you all off to Do It by Chloe and Holly.